The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The red-hot market for metal stocks is accelerating, and with significant consumer demand, research shows that new developments in exploration, development, and energy could create massive multi-billion dollar opportunities over the next few years. Text METAL to 40691. If you've been watching these sectors, then you know that major players across the spectrum are jumping on the bandwagon for innovative developments as America gets back to business. Get the latest research Search on this sector with your free report when you text the word METAL to 40691. The major players in this sector could be worth billions in the coming years. Find out which companies are leading the charge with your free research report when you text the word METAL to 40691. Text the word METAL to 40691. Find out which companies we've identified that are poised to lead the charge in precious metals and exploration when you text the word METAL to 40691. Get the latest research on this sector with your free report when you text the word METAL to 40691. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that your Sunday is going well. And I'm always thankful that you join me on Sundays because it's a great way for us to start our week. And I want to talk today about feeling lost. And I don't know about you, but I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have felt lost before in my life. And I don't, I don't like the feeling. And lost and then also what about, I just have no vision. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have anything to look forward to. And so this is kind of a strange time that we're in. And I know that a lot of people are feeling that way. And it's, it's a very ambiguous way to feel. And it's hard to get your bearings. So I wanted to kind of talk about this idea of feeling lost, like you're kind of wandering, don't really have direction, don't really know where you're going. And so I came upon this, this uh, different, th- this little devotional from Streams in the Desert, which is one of my favorite books. And it's really about a friend. And so if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling you have no vision, there's no purpose, there's no meaning, it's like, what's the point of getting up every day, right? I think that this, just this little this little thing will will really help you in some ways find that you do have a friend that's with you always. 
And so this is called Friend of Mine. And it says that many times what man calls conversion is often really the discovery of a great friend. So if you have converted to Christianity, you know what it feels like to have a friend that lives in your heart. And so many times what man calls religion is the knowledge of this great friend. And so what man calls holiness is the imitation of that great friend. See, perfection, the being perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, he's the being like the great friend and in turn becoming to others a great friend as well. And so he says, I am your friend. Now think again about what that means, friend and savior. See, a friend is ready to help, anticipating every want, has an outstretched hand to you, is encouraging to you, wards off danger, maybe the voice of tenderness to soothe tired nerves and maybe speak some peace if you're feeling restless or or fear-based. So think of what to you your friend is, and then from that try to see a little of what the perfect friend is, the tireless, selfless, all-conquering, all-miracle-working friend. And that friend is more than anything you could ever imagine. And God says, that friend am I. So this is where it's really important. In all things, we want to seek simplicity. And when we read about the kingdom, the kingdom really is a child's heart. The doctrines of your churches, so often there would be no response. But the simple rules really have so much to do with simplicity. And so Proverbs 18.24, it says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that is a friend that we have. So first and foremost, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling discouraged, feeling like you're wandering, just kind of everything's kind of ambiguous. It's hard to get a hold of anything. I want you to really center yourself on the fact that you have a friend. And he's with you all the time. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. You need to not be discouraged nor afraid. So let's think about this. There's some great verses about feeling lost and about mercy and about grace. And so what is the difference, excuse me, between mercy and grace? Well, mercy and grace are very vital Christian terms. And sometimes the meanings are, are misunderstood. So what I want you to think about is mercy is not God giving us what we do deserve. Mercy is not giving us the very thing we deserve. And grace is giving us something we do not deserve. So mercy says, you know, I'm going to give you a pass. And grace is saying, and I'm going to stay friendly with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So when we look in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, it says, The prophet asked the Lord to, in his wrath, remember mercy. So despite God's judgment, he asked for God to relent and not pour out his full wrath. 
He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. That's Psalms 51, verse 1 and 2. And that's from, from King David. He asked God to relent and not bring upon him the full consequences of his sin. He boldly asked for that. And many times when we feel lost, when we have no vision, well, I don't know about you, but the majority of us might start participating in a lot of self-soothing behavior, maybe self-medicating behaviors. And so the more lost we feel, the worse it feels, the more we want to assuage that feeling. So many times instead of doing something maybe productive, we do something very non-productive. Maybe we get a little more compulsive with food or alcohol, tobacco, music. I don't know. Maybe we get more compulsive about money. Maybe we want to spend more money so that we feel better. We buy a whole bunch of things, and then we feel worse because now we're farther in debt. Maybe we sleep a lot. You know, I don't know about you, but I do know people that if they feel just really a a deep malaise, they might sleep a lot. And so you want to think about what is it that you're doing if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling like you have no vision, like there's no purpose, like what am I doing down here? What's the point of everything? I want you to be careful that you don't fall into all those self-medicating behaviors that are trying to help you feel better. And so theology has those two kinds of grace, and they're often distinguished. And so common grace, this is defined as God's grace given to all humanity, regardless of their response to him. So it isn't a personal issue. It's simply God having grace on our world. And so that includes the beauty of creation, the provision of food, you know, water, the sun keeps shining every day, these types of things. But the saving grace, that's God providing salvation. And that's in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Which means that God is giving you the grace to save you, even if you don't deserve to be saved. But you are having the faith that he'll do it. And he says it's not by your own doing, because this is a gift of God. So both mercy and perfect grace are found truly in Jesus. And he provides this way of escape or mercy from the consequences of our sin. And so God extends this grace by providing salvation, and he does it through his Son. So I want you to think about this. The fact that God gives that type of grace, that type of mercy, we see in Hebrews 4, 16, it says, Let us then be confident we can draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive the mercy and find the grace in our time of need. So God wants us to come to him, to ask him, to be forthright with him and say, you know, I don't deserve any of this, but I really need it. I really need it. 
And so let's think about that and why this is so important. So I I came across um, a song that I had written many, many years ago. And it is one of my favorite songs. And, you know, some it may, like, sound a little negative to you, but it was certainly done in a time of life when it, I was feeling quite negative. And I wrote this song about mercy, mercy and grace. And it came out of this, this idea or this, I, I was, um, someone had enlightened me about the Jesus prayer. And I read the book, it's called The Jesus Prayer. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that when you pray that prayer, the Bible tells us that we usher in angels that help us. So this mercy prayer I loved. And I I, I love the idea of saying, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Because we all are sinners in some way or another. Some worse than others. I've been better in different times in my life, worse at different times in my life. But I always need mercy. Because mercy means I've messed up enough that I can't even find a way to fix it. Grace, in many ways, says I'm going to forgive you enough to fix it. So when we give grace in a relationship, we're requiring that the person fix it and that we're giving them enough time and maybe even help to do that. Mercy means this is unfixable and I'm just going to forgive you for it. So join me in the next segment. I want to read you the lyrics of the song that I wrote and it's called Only on Your Mercy. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. Make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We also have a lot of things on all the different social media platforms, and I always appreciate your, just, just, just your participation in it. So thank you so much for that. And we are talking today about mercy and grace and that need for mercy and grace when we've lost vision. When we feel lost, when we feel like we're wandering, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know if anything matters, we don't even know where to go next. And so I talked in the first segment that many times when we get in those situations, we might have a tendency to do all kinds of self-medicating behaviors, right? It's probably not the time that we feel really constructive and productive. So we might sleep a lot. We might eat a lot. We might swear a lot. We might just binge watch television. Maybe we don't even take a shower, right? Maybe we just don't even call people. We don't know what to talk about. We feel so lost. So I had a time in my life, probably about 10 years, maybe 10, 15 years ago maybe, where I really felt lost. And I really felt like nothing was working. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I came across, uh, it's called the Jesus Prayer, and it's Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I learned through reading the book, actually, that's called The Sinner's Prayer, and is that when you pray that prayer, angels are ushered in to minister to you, 
to give you hope, wisdom, courage, strength. And so I wrote this song from that prayer. And so it starts with the chorus, and the chorus is, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it goes on to say in the verse, I hung on to hope forsaken. All of my dreams were taken. Nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. I'm lost in the crowd forgotten. A hope and a call had brought them. They are here, and God is near. But I can't see him. I can't hear him, and I can't feel him. It's as though I am blind. I cannot see you. It's as though I am deaf. I cannot hear you. And I must be thought dead. I cannot feel you. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I've lost all the wondrous vision, my life now just one revision. I still will try and try not to lie. All of those aspirations, they seemed godly inspirations. There's nothing new but you. But I can't see him. I can't hear him and I can't feel him. It's as though I am blind. I cannot see you. And it's as though I am deaf. I cannot hear you. And I must be thought dead. I cannot feel you. It does not depend on our effort or desire, but only on God's mercy. It does not depend on our effort or desire, but only on God's mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, if that resonates with you, I want you to understand that it's not uncommon. And it's very painful and very difficult when you're having those types of feelings. And when you feel like you can't really know where to go, what to do. And so I don't know if you're familiar with June Hunt, but I loved this idea that she had. So I want, you, I want to explain to you some of what she has written, and I really liked it. And she, she starts by saying that God is the God of fresh starts and new beginnings. From the morning sunrise to the changing seasons to the passing years. And for some, the prospect... A fresh paint on a new canvas represents one of life's most welcome adventures. But to others, maybe it's an opportunity to be all that God created us to be so that we can do what he calls us to do. But what about those who aren't so sure about their purpose in life, that don't have direction, don't know where they're going, and don't even know if they have the energy to do it. Well, if you're among them, then you understand the intimidation of a blank canvas. Another year's worth of blank calendar pages. You know what that feels like. And you might wonder, you might say, what if I'm missing God's call in my life? How can I know what his purpose is for me? I don't seem to have any direction. And like I wrote in that song, it's as though I am blind. I cannot see him. It's as though I'm deaf. I can't hear him. 
And so if you find yourself facing those types of questions, well, there's no better time than now for answers. Not, not from my perspective necessarily, but from God's perspective. See, he created each of us individually with a specific personal purpose, a unique plan for our life. And that's the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where the Apostle Paul says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I mean, that's amazing. Before we were ever created, he had a plan for us. And then he put us in time, specifically in this time. And he has a plan. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had lots of plans. And many times I've tried to sell God on my plans. And the thing that I found works the best for me in my life is when I really do find God's plan, and I don't argue with him about it. Because God calls you to a purpose, to do good works that are tailor-made just for you, that only you can really do. Now, other people may copy it, do a version of it, but if God has given it to you, then he is wanting the way that you do it, in the time you do it, the style you do it, with the intensity you do it. And this is why it's so important as we are moving forward in this quite chaotic time, that we really press into God and say, you know, why am I here? I know you've told me that you created me for a reason. You told me I am your workmanship and that you have a plan and that you prepared this in advance for me to do. So God calls you to a purpose, to do good works. So we have to remember that God does not play games with our lives. He doesn't purposefully make it difficult to find. He wants you to reach your full potential. And he provides the means for you to discover how. So in Psalms 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And that goes back to that verse where it talks about that God will never leave us and never forsake us, that we are not to be afraid, we are not to worry, that God knows and understands how difficult his ways are to find, especially when they're uniquely designed for you and I. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this idea of mercy, grace, and needing vision. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me on this Sunday, and I hope you're feeling well. And I really am hoping and praying that I heard from God correctly this week and that this is something that you really need to hear. And that has everything to do with purpose. Why are you here? And knowing your purpose and understanding that God has a way, and he has a very specific thing for you to do. Now, it, it can be similar to someone else's calling. What if we have two musicians that are called to do music? It's a similar calling, but the way they do it 
is very unique to each individual. So we looked at Ephesians 2.10, and it says we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God calls you to a purpose, to do good works that are tailor-made just for you. And the reason this is so important is because we have this, that wonderful verse that says, you know, for lack of vision, the people perish. Without vision, the people perish. And that's one of the things that's happening right now in our country, in our world, is that we, we kind of are just living in the moment. We don't know really what's going on, what to do. Do we make goals? Do we, we don't even know where the world might be going. But God does. And in spite of not having vision, you can still do good works. And so you, you want to remember that God doesn't play games with your life. He doesn't make it purposefully difficult to find the call. Now, one of the reasons it was difficult for me to find the calling that God had on my life is because I, frankly, wanted a different one. <laughs> so I kept moving in a different direction that matched many of my abilities and talents. So I just assumed that, that God would be blessing that, and that was not the case. And I had to learn to really hear from God and recognize what God had created me to do, why I was put into this world at this time. And so you can receive assurance because Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So God will give you peace as you humbly ask for direction. It may not be immediate, but some of the peace that you can achieve is just simply through belief. And that means it's very important that you don't try to always rely on your feelings. It's kind of like, I can feel like it's a sunny day, but really what's the temperature? I can feel like I'm sick, but maybe I'm just tired or depressed. So there's a lot of things I can feel that may not necessarily be true. So we want to wait for God to show us. And we want to really look for those things. So we, it says in Romans 12, 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We all have different gifts. And I understand what it feels like to wish you had someone else's gift. What you will find is that when you really, truly trust in God, you will love the gift he's given you. It will be perfectly suited for you. So God has placed people in our life to serve as wise guides and advisors and encouragers. So make sure you take advantage of the people that maybe have gone through this before or who know you really well and can help you kind of discern and decipher where am I going in this next segment of my life? What am I doing? Here we are in, in, in 20, 2021. What does that look like? What does God have for me? Think about your age. Think about your education. Think about your level of energy. Whatever that may be, God is going to be willing and able to use all of that for his good. When you present yourself to him, and it is a trust issue. So you ask him to reveal his plans to you. 
And ask these questions of yourself. What's your passion? What brings you great joy? How do you best serve others? And ask God to prepare and fulfill that purpose that he called you to. One of the things that's so helpful is when we simply ask. He says, if you ask, you will receive. Now, we do sometimes have to find out what the right question is, right? But this is very easy. You simply say, God, I've lost vision. I don't know where, what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need your direction. And I need it to be obvious. Because I'm kind of floating right now. Or I'm doing something I don't really like doing. I'm pulling it off, but I don't really enjoy it. So this is Cynthia I with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. We have one more segment left. Make sure you stay tuned and that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we are talking about that feeling of, I don't know, having no purpose, no vision, you know, feeling lost, like you're wandering. And so we've been talking about what, kind, what may we do with that that can help us. And a lot of it really is trusting that God really has a plan and a purpose for you. And so we want to make sure that we are honoring God and that we are accepting advice from him through his word, maybe through other people, tapping into the reservoir of counsel and different guidance. And so if you're unclear about God's specific purpose for your life, I want you to spend some time asking him to reveal his plans to you. If you thought you knew, but somehow it's not working, Ask him if, if, if you're missing something. If there's something new that, you, that he's wanting you to do and somehow you, you have disregarded it. You felt like it didn't fit you or that you wouldn't like it. So this is a trust issue with God. And one of the things that helps so much is when you say to God, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I don't necessarily trust me, but I do trust you. I believe you have the best for me. I believe you created me for a reason. I believe that you put me in this specific place and time in history. And I want to do the purpose. I want to fulfill that purpose that you had when you created me. So ask God to prepare you to fulfill it. And your outlook on life has a lot to do with how you hear from God and achieving that unique purpose that God set you up for. So as you pray, there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, when you're really trying to identify your God-given purpose, even if it's just for this season, evaluate situations that brought you success or failure. So think of the things that give you excitement or boredom or fulfillment or have been fruitful because God uses our experiences whether it's positive or negative, to steer us in the right direction. So Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. 
So I found this to be very true. I always just wanted to be a performer. I wanted to sing. I loved music. I loved um, acting. I loved dancing. I loved all these things. And I really believed that God gave me these talents because that's what the calling on my life was. Well, I came to find that was not the calling on my life really at all. What God gave me those talents for was to enhance the real calling I had. And that was a painful process for me because I really was very headstrong in what I wanted my calling to be. And I was going to make it happen. And I was going to try to convince God that this is really what he should be doing with me. And as I really let God explain to me, show me, have patience with me, I came to find that his ways really are the best ways. His, his ideas, he knew me before I was formed. He created me in my mother's womb for a specific reason. And so instead of fighting it and trying to fill in the blanks on my own, I thought, you know, maybe I just need to relax and let that discovery process happen. So think about your talents and abilities, what you prefer, what you really like. Present those things to God and say, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with these things or how they're going to fit, but here's, here's what I know about me. Help me know what you know about me that I may not know. So then look for doors of opportunity. So do what he calls you to do today. And Isaiah chapter 119 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. This is God saying, hey, listen, if you're willing and obedient to just do the next right thing, okay? Just the next right thing. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in mercy. Walk in grace. Exercise your faith. Remind yourself that God is either who he is or he isn't. There is no in-between. There's no gray. So if God says he has a call on your life, you need to take that at face value. Because nobody sneaks on the planet. God creates everyone. He knows everyone. So wait for God's timing then. See, typically we want to do it right now. But sometimes God has to groom us. Maybe you need to get education. Maybe you need to take care of some things in your life that are getting in the way or weighing you down. Maybe you need to do some counseling, some therapy, to get over some past things, fears, anxieties, insecurities, whatever that may be. So while you're, you're doing, while you're waiting, start to really work on that so that you are able to wait better for God. So instead of doing all kinds of maybe unhealthy things while you're waiting, fill it up with healthy things. Begin to identify what you're best at, what you like, where that might lead you to. Saying to friends and family, could you pray about this? This feels like something that God would call me to do. I don't know if he's opening doors or not. And this, this is extremely helpful because it gives you then more motivation and it gives you some excitement. And then the last thing that you, you work on is really having and defining those goals, those essential goals that help to set you up for success. So you want to be specific. You want to make those goals reachable. So you're, you're doing in the beginning, which means 
let's say that you were going to um, try to eat healthier. Well, you would start with, what can I do for breakfast? So maybe breakfast will be a healthy meal for me, but lunch and dinner, I'm just going to have a free-for-all, but I'm going to do that for a while until I get a handle on this. So you start with the beginning, and you be specific. And you say, what is actually reachable today? Do I need to make some calls? What do, I, what do I actually need to do? Do I need more education? So I don't want you to be dependent on others for success, thinking that I need to convince this person to believe in my idea so that I can get my idea done. See, God is very able to move mountains. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate if people come alongside and help me, pray with me. But I have to recognize that the dependency has to be on God. So it has to be in line with God's will. And this way, the Bible says to me, 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Now, anything creative sometimes doesn't look necessarily fitting and orderly. But if you are doing this with the Lord, if you have also great counsel, then you can walk out this plan and adjust it as you go. So this is very important, and I, and I love this verse. This is one of my favorite life verses, and it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. When you call on me, I will listen. That's very specific. So God is saying, I have good plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you. I plan to give you hope and the future. And when you call on me, I will listen. So this is important for you to recognize that no one has ever lived or is living now or will ever live again that can accomplish what you do. See, I say to clients frequently, Nobody can have the successes I can have, and nobody can mess up the way that I can mess up. Because there's something only you can do, and something only God can do through you. So this is imperative that we recognize that because there's nothing that could be more profound than this simple truth that God has created you to do good works. Whether it's a hands-on ministry to the lost, to the sick, to the hurting, Maybe it's giving them kind words of comfort or encouragement or giving, you know, yourself to the benefit of others. It really is your special calling. It's the way you do it, even if it's a similar practice. There's a lot of therapists. But nobody can do therapy the way I do. And so I have that gift for a certain specific group of people that God is very good at bringing to me. And I'm the one that he chose for that person. That doesn't mean I'm a better therapist or a worse therapist. It means I do that skill with my own unique abilities and talents. And so it's a special calling. See, there's this wonderful benefit to the one who does the the quote-unquote good work. Not only are you going to feel a sense of accomplishment, but there's an even greater sense of obedience and worship in carrying out God's plan. And so we really want to accomplish 
what God has called us to do and why God has created us. And the importance of understanding why we were made, why we are created. And so when we look at these things, many times we want to change who we are. And we think that we maybe somehow can, I don't know, make it better. And this is what I want you to understand. There is no way to make it better. God has a great way to do it. And he loves you so deeply, so desperately, he laid his life down for you. For you, wherever you're at, in whatever condition, in whatever way you're living, it's for you. And so it's imperative that we really understand this idea of a friend, that he is a friend. And he is the best friend that we could have. And so this is why when we say to him, God, you are my friend. I want to be a friend to God. So what does it mean to be a friend of God? Well, loving, respecting, spending time, listening, sharing, right? Speaking well about him. This is what we do when we are a good friend. And so a good friend, that's what Jesus is, a good friend, but he's also your savior. So he's ready to help. He's anticipating everything you could possibly need or want. He has an outstretched hand to help and encourage you. He's going going to ward off danger. He's the voice of tenderness to soothe tired nerves and speak peace to you. And guess what? He never gets tired. He never gets weary of me. He never gets bored of me. (laughs) He may get frustrated with me, right? But he is the best friend I could ever have. And he has helped me so much through the years. As to being able to hear his voice, extend his love to people, to receive the love from him that is so healing, to accept his grace that always gives me that beautiful, wonderful reset and always then ends up giving me hope for the next day. He's the one that gives me wisdom so that, you know, I actually do make better decisions now than I used to. And I've learned to rely much more on that great friend, the greatest friend of all times. So I want to introduce you to that friend. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again next week. God bless you. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. 
In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.